The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Hare Krishna, you're listening to the Late Morning Program with Namras, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I'm really honored to have uh, Her Grace Aruda Mataji. Aruda Mataji is the uh, mother of uh, Radhika Raman Prabhu and Gopal Hari Prabhu, who are very famous, uh, uh, famous brothers and also famous within our Hare Krishna movement for uh, being uh, amazing and wonderful uh, devotees, as well as very well educated at a very young age. And they were actually homeschooled by Aruda Mataji, and she's going to be um, joining us today to talk about her books that she's written regarding homeschooling, her own homeschooling journey, uh, something I'm very fascinated in because I am a young uh, father myself, and I'm my wife and I are planning to homeschool our children. So this is a really fascinating, I'm very excited for this. Uh, thank you so much for joining, Mataji. I appreciate it. Hare Krishna. I'm really happy to be here, Namrathu, and uh, yeah, I enjoy your shows very much. I just wanted to tell you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I'm really um, honored. Um, so maybe first we can start out with uh, where you were born and where you were raised and how you came in contact with uh, Krishna consciousness. So I was, be, uh, I was born in Prayag, you know, the, it used to be called Allahabad. Oh, this wow, is where yeah. the Kumbh Mela took place uh, every year. And every 12 years was the big one. And Prabhupada would also go there with all his followers. And they would set up a camp. Uh, if you read in the Lilamrit, it's, it's a known place. This is the place where the Ganga, Yamuna, and Saraswati, they meet together. Right. It's a holy place. Uh, and it's also the place where Lord Chaitanya met with uh, uh, Rupa Goswami here, you know, and, uh, and Sanatan Goswami, rather. So a uh, wonderful place. And I grew up, uh, you know, dipping in the Ganga <laughs> practically every other day. My father was a devout Ganga um, worshiper, and so was my grandfather. So uh, very fortunate to have been there. Uh, in a, I was raised with a nice family who were, my, father, my parents were quite devout. And, uh, um, and, and and uh, we were vegetarians and all that and so my father sent me to a convent to study he was very progressive minded he wanted his children to actually uh, participate uh, in, in in the world today and be be uh, out there very outgoing so he had a very good outlook very um, you know modern outlook and but also he was very conservative in many ways and so I, I grew up in a, I, I, in a very uh, religious family. He was a worship of Vishnu. Um, uh, and I, I wouldn't say a Krishna conscious family per se, like, uh, you know, Prabhupada's ISKCON, you know, where children grow up chanting the holy name from day one and hearing Krishna Katha, you know, but definitely a, a very, um, in a very moral, moralistic background. And, uh, and so, the way I uh, my Christian consciousness started really is was after I got married. Actually, okay. my yes, my husband was in America ten years prior to when I was married to him, and 
he had come uh, to, he had come to America at a very young age, about seventeen, to do some studies, uh, right after high school on a scholarship, and so he did his undergrad and his grad uh, here in America in at the Kansas State University, and he stayed here for ten years, and then uh, he came home, and we were arranged to be married. The families found each other. And I came uh, a week after our marriage. You know, those were the days when you could get visa, green card very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I came here and my, um, my Krishna consciousness started a few years after that. Um, I was at home and kind of a little restless. And I had been searching, spiritually searching for uh, for the truth and more about life and and the purpose of life and i happened i started reading the gita and i read uh, gandhi's gita and a few other gitas and it really inspired me and i tried to follow the instructions in those books and i found it a little difficult you know because gandhi talks a lot about uh, austerities you know how to deny yourself and i tried to my very best but it was hard and so and then uh, I found Prabhupada's uh, Bhagavad Gita on my husband's bookshelf one day. And he had received that Gita uh, a few years ago at a San Diego airport. And he put it aside. Uh, he was actually a Ram Bhatt. So he's reading the Ramayana every day. And he thought, well, I'm just going to keep it for now. And so he kept it. And I happened to see the book and I started reading it. Because like I said, I was searching. And so... And it was very shocking. I remember I was just very moved by uh, Prabhupada's version of Gita. And I had already read a few versions. And I remember just not being able to stop reading it. And just the devotional aspect, how how it just drew out, um, you know, the devotion in me. And I was thinking, wow, this this Gita really it strikes the heart. It, and, uh, and I couldn't stop reading it. And I remember just reading it any time I got for, for a whole week and and actually crying, just overwhelmed by that uh, Prabhupada's purpose and everything. Anyway, I knew this was something very genuine and very wonderful. And so I started looking for a temple. I was uh, actually in Chicago and at that time. And no, I was in Los Angeles actually at that time. And uh, I started looking for a temple and I found the temple and I started going there and I, uh, you know, found a devotee who, who actually helped me understand more about Krishna consciousness and started doing seva and everything. So this is how my Krishna consciousness basically started. Wow. And do you, does your husband remember who he got that book from or it was just probably just some book distribution? No, no he, yeah, he doesn't remember that. Right. Yeah. And uh, how did you end up in um, Boy, uh, ultimately Boise, right? And yes. you're still there. Yes. Yeah, so we moved from Los Angeles. He lost a job there, so we went to Chicago for some time. And that's where we both got initiated um, in Chicago. And we st started going regularly to the temple. And my husband came through, was very inspired by Prabhupada's Lilamrit. So he found uh, his uh, search uh, there in Prabhupada's life story. He was actually very, very inspired. And at that time, these books were coming one volume after another by Sasurup Maharaj. So right. it's a very interesting. Yeah. So um, then we then from Chicago, after living there for five years, 
and going to the Chicago temple there. Then we moved to uh, Boise because he uh, found a job there. Uh, and, uh, and, and when we went to Boise, there was nothing there. I mean, there was no devotee association, no devotees at all. And I was thinking after Los Angeles, after Chicago, how am I going to fit here? How am I going to live here? But uh, it was, um, I, I knew that I, in order to be able to uh, live here, I need to create some association. And that's when both my husband and myself decided to start a center. We took a little place next, right next to the university, Boise State University, which was very, uh, very um, strategic place because then we could walk over to the university, you know, distribute books, invite students. So it was a, an, an easy way to preach. Uh, and but we actually we were fairly new devotees, so it's not like we knew exactly what we were doing. Right. right. <laughs> and uh, did you? you wanted to have a family and expand the family and things like that. Did you know beforehand that, that uh, we want to raise our children here in, in Boise, Idaho, but we're not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. So when was, um, when was your first child born? Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, that was uh, Radhika Raman was, he uh, was born in Chicago actually. Right. So he, yeah. He oh, was, he was. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, that's when I, when I read the Bhagavad Gita, I was I was pregnant with him. So, so, so my, uh, both my sons were born into Krishna consciousness, and uh, and that's how it. And then by the time we came to Boise, uh, they were two years old. Uh, my younger one was two, and Radhika Raman was four. Yeah, so, and uh, for I know probably Radhika Raman Prabhu and Gopal Prabhu will listen to this, but uh, I'm, I'm I respect them very much, so I'm I'm hoping that they're listening uh, and my pronouns to them. Um, so did you know, did you think that you would send them to public school or did you want to, for the beginning, homeschool? I had no idea about homeschooling. I never heard of really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I had no no clue. I we When they came of school age, we started, we started worrying about where, which, which school am I going to send them to? Yeah. And, we opted for the private school because we heard that it's a lot better for children. Uh, you know, uh, the, ch the children may be, you know, better behaved and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the academics may be also better. Uh, and so we found a, a private school and that's where we put both of them. Uh, and uh, so the way homeschooling started for me is that I would volunteer time and go to the school and, uh, and uh, sit in their classes sometimes, watch what's going on, because I was curious to yeah. see what, you know, my children came a little late, like about four years after my marriage. So I had already uh, been in America uh, I for four years. I had already explored uh, a little bit of America because I was working as a journalist. And so journalism as a reporter uh, puts you in all different situations. So I was able to get a little um, first-hand knowledge of the society and, and the culture and all that, which was very nice because then I knew what I was up for, in other words, what I should expect. And that made me very curious. And that's why I thought, okay, let me see what's, what happens in schools today. And, and when I um, sat in his class, in many ways, I started to get a bit disappointed, <laughs> both uh, academically and morally, spiritually, you know, uh, 
because um, I found things which were not very satisfying. For example, at one time I sat in Radhika Rama's class and uh, they were, he was in second grade and I, he, I noticed how he had done, he had finished his work. It was a math class and I noticed he had done his work through a lot earlier. He had finished it 20 minutes earlier and he had nothing to do. And he was really bored, like sitting and doing nothing. And so I realized that actually the schools are meant for the average. You know, if you are above average, you're just not challenged enough. And if you're below average, you're just like frustrated, you know. So it's meant for just the average. And so that kind of disappointed me. I was thinking, uh, and then also uh, morally, like I said, the value system was also a bit disappointing. Gopal, you know, when I realized that the value system is not up to what naturally I would expect, I actually changed the school and put them in a Seventh-day Adventist school because, you know, they uh, it's supposed to be a vegetarian school and, right, right. you know, and uh, so I thought it would be a lot better. Then, but one day Gopal Hari came back and said, we had no studies. And I said, why? He says, well, we, but the teachers spend the, practically the whole day talking about good behavior uh, because a couple of children were very misbehaved. So I started thinking about that also, you know, how much time was lost because, you know, how good character really comes from putting God in the center, you know, and, but now all the uh, institutions, educational institutions are secular institutions. Right. where any talk of God is not allowed. And and Radhika Rama's class teacher one time, she spelled the word God on the blackboard and she spelled with a small G. <laughs> so yes. like that, you know, things like that, little things like that I could see. And uh, one time in uh, Gopal Hari's class, the teacher, the class teacher came and she, she was a really good looking teacher and her boyfriend would come and they, they would behave uh, intimately in front of the kids. So, because we had we had such good communication between the children and I, they would come back and tell me, and then they would tease tease him for shika and lunch, the type of lunch they brought, right. and the teacher and the teacher wouldn't do anything about it. So, in many ways, I was disappointed, you know, mm-hmm. not to not to say that school does, doesn't have anything good to offer, you know, mm-hmm. it's in in many ways it's nice because you get so much. Uh, you know, peer association and also, you know, some kind of discipline that you learn in school uh, and things like that. It's not necessarily all that. But personally, you know, I found it not very satisfying. Because so how, I, how long were they? How long were they in private school before you thought, okay, I'm going to start? Two years. Two years. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, so and, not so long, but. No, enough time. Yeah, yeah, I had enough time to kind of, and then I, and the, and I think the thing that really made me really take that step to try to find alternative education for them is when they came home, they they were it was hard to put them in any devotional frame of mind. Mm. They were already so distracted, so distracted from the whole day, eight hours there that I tried to do some music with them or read. Krishna book or something and they were they were tired and they were you know and it's just very difficult to change their uh, you know switch their minds and I was thinking well what am I going to do all this when am I going to you know do devotional things with them uh, there's no time there's no time 
Yeah. And so I talked to my husband and we started investigating, okay, are there any other alternatives? And that's when I found homeschooling, you know. Where did you, you found it as, as like, um, I mean, this must have been what, this must have been a really long time ago before pre-internet and all, all that stuff. Right. So, uh, did you find a book or how did you hear about it exactly? I don't quite remember exactly how I went, but it wasn't through devotee sources. Right. It wasn't through devotee sources. Mm -hmm. It was through somebody in the society who mentioned it to me because uh, we had a center and so there were people coming and going. You know, we were already preaching to all types of people. I, I mean, inviting them from, you know, Westerners and, uh, and Indians. And so I think somebody mentioned to me, because I must have expressed about uh, my search. And, and they, they told me that actually homeschooling is a very well-established uh, educational option here in America. And over two million people are homeschooling here, you know, in America. Yeah. And so I started, um, I I was very curious and I called up a few people and I actually went to a couple meetings of their um, their home uh, support groups, you know, homeschooling support groups. And and I found that actually the parents who were were in that group were actually very um, nice people very responsible and they belong to very uh, good Christian families, you know, who who really cared about their values and the, the values that the children are coming up to. And so, and they had their own um, programs and field trips and, uh, you know, all pretty nicely um, taken care of. So I thought, well, it's not like something, uh, a bad gamble, you know, yeah. it's really a good gamble because it's already people are doing it. In America, homeschooling is a well-established, uh, it's very well-established. Yeah. I don't know, but everybody knows that, right? Yeah. So uh, you've written books now uh, with, you know, for homeschooling, but at the time there was no books. There was only kind of secular books uh, and teaching your children Krishna consciousness was like a clean slate. Like you had to start from basically zero. So tell us about how you started and what was your experience starting by, you know, using the Srimad Bhagavatam and then what did you use for like math and science? I mean, science also, that's like a very Mm -hmm. interesting subject too, because we don't learn in school. We learn evolution and we came from monkeys and all that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, you, we can choose not to go that route. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, I was very nervous, uh, like any other parent, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I- Indians have a real um, uh, obsession with good academics. <laughs> and, yes. and, uh, and so, and so I, I guess I was a little bit like that, not quite. Um, uh, my, my husband was a bit more. And so, uh, so I, I said, okay, the way to do it, we decided, okay, we're going to homeschool during summer and for three months. And we bought a curriculum, a ready-made curriculum. You can buy that in America. And I thought, okay, I'm going to teach different grade levels for both of them. And I'm going to teach. And if it works, I homeschool them. Otherwise, I put them back in school. So it was a very safe way to try homeschooling. Right. And we were doing uh, work from those curriculum books like two hours a day, 
you know, not much really. And the rest of the time we had so many activities going on in the temple. So, and then what I noted, what I found is that in three months they had finished the entire curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> like for a, for a year? For a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't difficult. You see, because homeschooling, uh, you know, you're spending so much quality time. It's a one-to-one. And there's so much time in schools which is given for other activities. You know, the actual study time is not all that much. As right. you think, even though the children are in school for eight hours a day or six hours mm-hmm. a day, right? So then I thought, well, this is not very difficult. I mean, I, I know I can do it. Especially when the children are small, you it's easy to teach them because those mm-hmm. basic things you already know. It's only when they get into higher grades that we may be challenged. The parents may be challenged. It's not so difficult in this early stage. And uh, so, but then I also had a desire uh, to teach them Shastra and from Srila Prabhupada's books. And I was thinking, how how should I fit them in? So, and another disadvantage to buying a curriculum is that um, you are stuck with those books. In other words, in one subject, if your child is above average, then you have to still get another book, uh, grade level book. You know, so you're kind of bound by that those books. So either well, and many parents, homeschooling parents, do that. They make their own curriculum basically, instead of buying a ready-made curriculum. So I thought, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just do my own thing. In other words, I'm going to teach them from Shri Prabhupada's books because I had a great desire to read Srimad Bhagavatam myself and Bhagavad Gita. And so I thought this is a great way to teach them is we we all do it together. And so so I put aside those books. I started teaching them uh, just reading together with my children after my husband left for work. We would read for sometimes like two, uh, two hours a day, just read and discuss read and discuss, no work, no writing work, nothing. Just read and discuss. And it's, it's amazing how uh, time just flew. And they were so absorbed because that's how the Srimad Bhagavad, and so was I, <laughs> because I was also right. reading for the first time. And it was so much fun, I remember, and we would take a little break. And uh, how, old, how old were they at this time? Yes, they were, um, I think they were five and seven. Wow. So they're okay. So they're two years apart. Yes, they are two years apart. Wow. Okay. So wow, five and seven. That's <laughs> amazing. And so you were reading Srimad Bhagavatam, and then um, what about? Uh, were you adding in math and other things within that? Yes. So the way our day looked like was that the first thing we would do is get up and do a morning program, and um, and you know with being a grahasta and everything and running a center, it wasn't uh, the 4.30 in the morning, it was later because it just didn't work for us because my husband came home late and so many. So it was around like six o'clock or whatever time they woke up, we did a morning program. That was our first agenda, Uh, you know, the full thing. And then we sat down, they took a little breakfast and then we would sat down and read Srimad Bhagavatam for about two hours. And then after that, I would give them some writing work once in a while, you know, like, you know, some spelling words or some questions or thing, you know, like that. 
and then uh, we would go out. Uh, we would go out into the city, and we do activities like basically trying to apply what we read because we were also inspired by them, you know. But th this didn't happen every day, you know. There were things happening. There were devotees visiting, so that took priority. So, uh, so many times after that, we got a little busy. Either we are going out for preaching activities, or we are receiving guests, and you know how it is when you're running a center. So many things were happening, and 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 then uh, there would be lunch, and then we would in the afternoon they would do some math, you know, and, and that's when the other subjects would come in after lunch. Mm -hmm. So we had a Saxon book. Um, Math Saxon. It's, it's a great book for homeschoolers. And now there's so many more uh, math books. Yeah. yeah. And, did you ever, uh, did you ever, were you ever concerned about their social interaction in the sense of, I know a lot of people are afraid of homeschooling because they think, oh, they won't interact with other children and they become, you know, not able to interact with children. And then when they grow up, they have some kind of social um, issue or something like that, so, uh, mm -hmm. some issue socializing with other people. Did you ever have that concern? And um, what did you think about that? I really didn't um, have that concern because, uh, you know, running a center also helped because there were people coming and going. And then we had the Sunday feast and the children, because we as a family were trying to do that, the children were very much involved in in helping us in different preaching activities. So there was a lot of things going on. Uh, and so it really didn't, uh, for me, it wasn't an issue at all. Uh, they had a lot of association, maybe not so much peer association like you'd see in school yeah. uh, with so many other children, but they had a lot of, a few friends that they were quite, uh, you know, had good friendship with them. And uh, they had a lot of good examples, good adult association. So uh, Prabhupada stressed a lot of good adult association as well, mm -hmm. just because, uh, you know, because children need a variety of association. You know, he said that if you just put them with peers, then that's the, what they're going to learn. But by having a good interaction with also examples that they can look up to, they, it's actually very healthy for them to have both. You know, just uh, 50 years ago, they used to have the tutorial system of education, mm -hmm. you know, where, I mean, the concept of schools with so many children, 30 children, is a very new, fairly new concept. Mm, it's actually a fairly new concept. Yeah. Right. Even in America, even in America, India was, yeah, they had the, you know, the small schoolhouse uh, system, you know, which Prabhupada talks about. Uh, where there was the one teacher and a few students, and the students would be of different ages. Yeah. So, so children could interact with children of different levels. And in America, also, it's a new concept. At some point, it changed. And so we think, oh, this is the, we think this is the only way children can be educated, you know? Yeah. Right? Did you, yeah, that, that, that's true. Um, did you ever think to send them out to Gurukul somewhere, like on a boarding school? I did. Actually, I took them there to the Vindavan Gurukul. Really? I, yeah, wow. I, yes, I, I was thinking maybe that's a better. So I, I tried it, everything, yeah. a little bit of everything. And and um, 
but then after spending some time there, I, I miss, we both miss them because running a preaching center alone without them was a little hard because mm. they, they, they were our big helpers also. <laughs> so I brought them back and they also wanted to come back. Um, and uh, so we came back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, they maybe might've not turned out the way they turned out if they went to Vrindavan Gurgul, you know, for the, for the, best or worst of that but um mm -hmm. and then so how long did you do this you know shrima bhagavatam in the morning and then just school work in the evening how how many years did that go on for about six years because mm -hmm. they started college very early they entered college at the age of 12 and it was just by accident i had no such idea not no such planning it just happened by chance and the, re the way it happened, we were running Govindas uh, in downtown Boise. We decided to start a restaurant. And Wait, hold um, on a second. You had a temple, you had children, and you wanted to start a restaurant on top of that? <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, I think my husband and I were just like, you know, that fever that you have when you become new devotees. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Spiritual entrepreneurship. I mean, that's amazing so you wanted to start uh, a a restaurant and you yeah, did. we did a restaurant for five six years actually uh the time they were being homeschooled and uh yeah and so somebody over there uh, there was an english um, uh, chairman of the english department he would come and eat there so he's the uh, he's he noticed both the children and he said you should let them be in let give them a class at bsu Boise State University. And I was shocked. I said, how can you say that? He's only 12. He said, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, you should try it. His vocabulary is very good. He has good command of language. And uh, I give him an English class. Uh, he'll be all right. I said, you are a teacher there. You <laughs> you were telling me that. And he said, yes, you go. And he, put, and he actually convinced me and pushed me he said no you should go and do it and i said okay you, you're saying that i'll try and then i we went to the dean and we talked to the dean and dean gave special permission as long as the class teacher was okay with it yeah you know so did, so did um so I, this was radikuraman prabhu first so did he have his ged before he went to this college <laughs> class or how did that work no what what uh, this person suggested is that let him do a placement exam. You know, there's place they are called placement exams, and yeah. they are meant to judge at what level you are on. So, for example, if you want to take the basic course like 101 or 102, that helps you determine which one you should take. And so he did, he did that for English oh, and, right. and math, both uh, actually for English, and so um, and he scored very high. Uh, like in his 90s so that was the dean and and so no he didn't take ged because the way we presented is that he just he's a homeschooler and i would just like him to try one class because i'm done with my homeschooling now just to challenge him further so if he can just do one class so so eight, so um grades uh you know one to 12 you have done on, on you you did it you finished it and he was 12. Uh, no, 
we were only, I think we were like seventh or eighth grade. Okay. We, didn't, we didn't finish the last four grades uh, till 12 okay. because they were just too young. And so we had done um, just the, up till the eighth grade. Okay. Now, and that's where the credit goes to Srimad Bhagavatam, you see, because Srimad Bhagavatam, the study of Srimad Bhagavatam, like Prabhupada said, makes you master's and PhD because the vocabulary is so high. It's so, you know, it's uh, just the thinking and the critical thinking and all these skills are just so amazing. And so they were mature beyond the age in the sense of child, 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 uh, still children, but yet in terms of intellectual, um, you know, um, cultivation, they were very on a on a much higher level just because of the nature, because of Prabhupada's books. And so uh, the teacher actually, um, it, it is an amazing story that because 101 was all, uh, there was no room in 101, it was full. 102 was full. And then I said, okay, I told the teacher, I said, no, he, there's nothing open. He said, no, no, try the honors class. He kept pushing and pushing. <laughs> And then I said, honors class, you sure? He said, no, try that. The, the first level honors class was full. And then he said, try the second level. And there were a few seats remaining. And so he walks into a second level honors class. And they had books like Shakespeare and, you know, Mexican writers, Homer's Odyssey and, and books like that. And I was very nervous. And, and so... But he is surprising what Prabhupada's books, the caliber of Srila Prabhupada's books. He had he didn't have much problem at all. Because <laughs> you know, when you Srimad Bhagavatam compared to Shakespeare is way par excellence, you know. Mm. So and the teacher was amazed. He said the insights, you know, he, he says while other kids are just writing the story, the plot. And everything this kid is digging deep into it because that's how Bhagavatam trains you yeah it, it, did he it, not feel i mean i have to have him on at some point <laughs> also to, to, to answer these questions too but did he not feel like okay i'm i've been discussing Srimad Bhagavatam for all these years and now i have to do some kind of mundane thing like shakespeare or homer or whatever it is did he think did he feel like that um, or no? no that's the one wonderful thing about uh, learning from spiritual books like Srila Prabhupada's is that it creates a motivation for for everything in life because you know the goal, you know the purpose, why you're studying. The goal still remains that you want to do something wonderful right. for this, you know, for this movement, for Srila Prabhupada. So they were always inspired, in uh, quite inspired in at the university level. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, and, and they put their whole heart into it. They they scored good grades and everything. No, there was no um, spiritual versus mundane feeling for them. No and duality. They, they, Just, this is all part of yeah. the service to you know move forward with getting a degree and and preaching and etc. Yeah, and they they were very much in touch with, uh, with people who were not devotees. You know, who were coming to the temple. And they made friends with them and they were, you know, talking to them. And so they had a good exposure. And, you know, uh, we were also doing preaching programs. So we were in touch with the outside world uh, all the time. It wasn't an isolated life. We were very, very active uh, in 
presenting who we are to the rest of the town. Uh, and, and that, so they, they were you know, um, in touch with that. So they, it, there was no such feeling that I'm better or you are better or any you know, holier than thou. I mean, they were very in tune. And, and that's why my homeschooling was very much based on uh, extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. A lot of the education went on outside for us, for them. I think something also to add here is that I'm sure that they showed interest to move forward. Like, oh, this is the, the college class was amazing. And that's why you for you were OK with them moving forward. Well, it could be that maybe some child may not be interested to move that to move that quick to go into college if there's no um interest but if the interest is there if you see the interest in the children then then to push that and to kind of like ignite that and and uh, and make that fire you know burn more by by continually enthusing them and inspiring them to continue to do what they did so uh after that honors english class you, you felt, okay, well, he likes this and he's doing well at this, so let's continue moving yeah. forward. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you, Prabhu, because, uh, you know, he showed signs of, uh, you know, wanting to, as a good, uh, you know, uh, a person who's motivated yeah. by mental challenges, you know. Yeah. So definitely, if he was, if I would have seen uh, symptoms of some other inclination, I would have directed him like that. I would not have pushed him. And and when I saw in him also later on that I saw that how language Sanskrit language really uh, is close to his heart, I encouraged him in that area too. To learn, to, like to actually learn Sanskrit. Yeah, he he took the humanities side, where most people just go for the science side, you know, engineers, doctors, and there's so much more, uh, you know, opportunities in that area, you know, and money and everything, but. Uh, he, he showed uh, he showed signs of how this is where he wants to be, and I, I encouraged him. Right. And he's he's quite successful in in his area, whatever he's doing as yeah. a professor. Yeah. So now, so he went through college, and then and then ultimately he also did his PhD, right? And how old yes. was he during that time? Well, he when he left for Oxford, he was like seventeen, and he finished by twenty one. Wow, and then uh, he's out. He's been a professor now for for years now, right? Yes, yes. Wow, amazing! Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, um, I guess another question is: How much of this is nature, and how much this of this is nurture? Because there's so many different types of children, uh, so many different types of people, and and just in in general, when it comes to Krishna consciousness, how much of that is? Uh, you know, how much of that can we as parents make a impact and how much is that? Oh, it's just like naturally they have this interest or they are they want to be devotees, et cetera. So what would you say to that? Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, the nurturing part is very important. The training part is more important than uh, of course, we have to see where they are. I mean, their nature and everything. Uh, so we, I think we have to take both. In fact, in in in, uh, in consideration, you know, what is the child's really at heart? What does he really want? And to encourage him in that area, and to nurture him, nurture but, him in that direction. But you would say, 
Uh, well, you know, let's talk about the book and now the books that you've re- you've written now. So, mm-hmm. how did um, how did that come about? Writing the, you know, you've run uh, uh, various volumes now of the homeschooling uh, books. So, how did that come about? Well, uh, I after they went to college and devotees started to hear about it, they asked me to tell them my, you know, the way what I did. And so that led to seminars. You know, I started traveling right. and going for seminars because there was a bit of a demand for that. You know, people are, there were many parents who were actually very interested in knowing, in learning how to, uh, more about homeschooling and in general, how to uh, parent their children, you know, how to train their children. So that led to seminars. And so I found myself going for seminars with the, one of my children and, and then, um, and I then I, it seemed like a lot of people were encouraging me to um, to write a book about my experiences in homeschooling. So yeah. that uh, and with that came the homeschooling book. You know. Uh, yes, that's yes. Oh, let's just show these pictures. So this is um, the family. This is Gopal Hari Prabhu and Radhikarman Prabhu here, uh, who we've been discussing. Sorry. Radhika Raman Prabhu, we've been dis- discussing your life. <laughs> it's very fascinating. And the deities um, of, of Boise, Idaho. And uh, this is the temple that they started. Um, and so so you said the first homeschooling book, uh, th- that's not this, right? No, this is. No, no, this, this is this. This came after. So yes. the homeschooling book is this uh, yellow book here, right? No, no. If you keep oh, not- scrolling up, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's the first book. Oh, the first book. Yeah, yeah this one. The- Oh, this one. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, well, homeschooling Krishna's children, Second mm-hmm. Avenue Books. This is the first book. Yeah. Yeah. This was published by BBT, the North American BBT. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and it was very uh, kind of them because it really, it was the first book, and I, it, you know, it was quite a bit of um, getting into unknown territory. But sure. Uh, yes, and so it took me about five years to you know, write this book and because I would do it every day, bit by bit. And then, yes. Mm -hmm. And this book discusses, is it like A to Z, how to to homeschool children? Well, this book, even though it's called Homeschooling Krishna's Children, it's uh, it's all about good parenting, how to raise your child Mm -hmm. uh, because the techniques and and the essential principles are the same. You know, right. In other words, the building the home environment in a way that's conducive to our children's upbringing, and then uh, making Srimad Bhagavatam uh, our, our, as part of our academic curriculum, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and then the extracurricular activities such as the preaching programs um, mm-hmm. for our children, which helps them uh, develop their faith in Krishna consciousness, solidify the, their faith. So, yeah. and that's common whether you're homeschooling or not homeschooling, uh, it's, it's the same. So, as we know, that not everybody out there can be a homeschooling parent, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, right? Yeah, so, so now I do more uh, seminars on Krishna conscious parenting and help the parents, whether they're homeschooling or not homeschooling, uh, uh, to how to. Uh, counteract uh, or you know minimize the to uh, the uh, the materialistic 
uh, influence, you know, by giving them, giving our children uh, Shastric education, especially mm -hmm. Srimad Bhagavatam. So I, I share with them techniques on how to teach them and, uh, and, and that's how these books, the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, guidebooks, a comprehensive guidebook for young readers came about. When, when during the seminars, parents were asking me, well, the process sounds very interesting, but I really don't know how to go about it. And so I began this whole, I, I developed a team of parents who from all over the world, actually, and very, very qualified uh, people, you know, devotees who were experts in their own field, you know, uh, some are computer professionals, some are counselors, some are uh, teachers, you know, English teachers. And so we come together and we create resources for every chapter of the book. So mm -hmm. like what would you say? I see here morning program. I, I, I would feel that morning program, whether you're homeschooling or not, is probably one of the principles because you're getting time with the children in before school if they're if they're going to school you're getting time with them i think that's well, that would be like a really essential part of the mm -hmm. parenting experience right yes yes um so these are some of the elements that i talk about in the book you know of helping re making a, a a good environment at home and and that begins with the morning program and then i talk about the challenges that face you know that parents face in encouraging in doing the morning program, especially those going to school. For homeschoolers, it's a lot easier. Um, and then um, deity worship uh, and, um, you know, and, and doing some, avoiding some things like television and limiting internet and all the, uh, the dangers that come with internet addiction. We really, during the seminars, we have really uh, very, uh, uh, dynamic conversations between discussion uh, on these points because yeah. there's so many challenges nowadays, you know, for children because there's so many uh, authorities that overtake, um, uh, you know, our values that we want to give our children. You know? Totally. I mean, even probably the time from the time you wrote this, it just evolved like anything, the kind of distractions yeah. that have come about for children regarding phones and iPads and screen time. And because like, you know, he's talking about television here, but uh, television is is one thing. But now it's just a whole nother animal. I feel like that's a big challenge for a lot of parents, you know, limiting that time and you know, maybe even not giving that time at all is it's it's a very it's a very slippery slope. I feel when it comes to that, it's it's scary to be honest. Um, as a parent, um, my my kids are quite good in the sense of they play with each other. Uh, they have very minimal screen time at like maybe half an hour a month or an hour a month, something like really small. Uh, if 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 it if it comes to that, but um. You know, I'm just scared for for the future when they become teen, you know, teenagers, and everyone else has a phone, and you, you want to. The, the way we're exposing them to this thing is, is. Um, I actually heard something really interesting that uh, one way to help children or even young adults or young children to help them combat against this culture of you know phones and social media and things is to really build up their um, identity as. Uh, you know, whoever you want to raise them. So in our case, 
building up their identity as devotees and making that really a strong identity. So then when they do face some kind of something that's, uh, you know, something in social media or wherever it is that they might feel some pressure on that they feel like, no, I'm a devotee and I have certain values and, and I have certain, a certain discipline. So, um, I think that's, uh, really important. Um, and it's something, you know, maybe I don't know how to look at when, it, when it's like I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, but to build this foundation is, is, is really important. So, D, you know, morning program, DD worship. What was the DD worship like for for your children? Uh, and what kind of principles do you give in the book regarding DD worship? Because that's also something different because DD worship in one sense is there's a, it's a very strict in, in one sense, but with children, how can you be so strict, you know? Yeah, yes. Yes, it's, uh, well, you know, the Bhagavatam talks about these Acharyas, uh, Growing up as children, as children, they were playing with Krishna dolls, you know, Uddhava and Mirabai and these people. So we have good examples, right? And they were given these dolls, and they would be very absorbed in the play. Yeah. So that's the whole idea is just that is that to encourage children to you, uh, you know, because children want to play, they like to play. So it it becomes a nice form of play, except we teach them boundaries. We do both. You see. Now, dolls are uh, different versus uh, deities, right? So uh, at a certain point, we can give them Gornitai deities, as you can see in this beautiful picture. Yeah. The little girl is uh, worshipping so devoutly, so nicely. So, um, so, and, uh, and so giving them Gornitai deities is very practical and, and being there for them when they are worshipping so that we are teaching them. And of course, children are children and they're going to, make a few mistakes but the idea is that we encourage them and we are with them and um and, and she, teach them the how to see krishna as a person you know they, serving krishna in this way really develops their uh, love for krishna because right from the beginning <clears throat> they become very personal with krishna but they also know that krishna is not like one of us you know Mm. Not like one of the cowherd boys. We have to, there's boundaries, and therefore we teach them those boundaries, you know, how to wash their hands and how to offer the, uh, you know, the, the, the food and everything. Right. So, so if it's done in a, in a nice way, in a proper way, the children actually is very, very valuable. Mm -hmm. Because Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his book, Jayava Dharma, he encourages children. To grow up looking at the form of the Lord and worshiping the form of the Lord, he says uh, religions where this is not encouraged, uh, they may the children growing up in that religion they may become very materialistic or even atheistic. Wow. Yes. And, <laughs> so. And what was and what was the reception of the book? How was it received? Well, it seems like uh, I still get uh, response feedback and. Wow. It's really, I mean, it has made a deep uh, effect on people. And uh, just the reason is because it's it's just the book is all about Prabhupada's practical view of uh, instruction uh, and instructions on how to raise children. I spent mm -hmm. a lot of time studying um, uh, what Prabhupada had to say on these subject matters. And this was after I had homeschooled pretty much. Uh, so... But I found that, uh, you know, and so this way I could 
I and understood that it was um, it's just Prabhupada's inspiration and his uh, practical and profound uh, instructions on on raising children yeah. because children become very balanced in in this way. Mm-hmm. Scriptures, how to deal with adult topic. This is really this is really interesting. Um, some some people, you know, I mean, for small children, the there's a lot of uh, killing when it comes to like Krishna's pastimes and things like that. How did you, because I know some, nowadays parents, they sometimes censor it. Like they don't exactly say the same words or the, or the same theme, but they say, you know, I don't know what they say, but I, I, I personally don't do that. I just like give it to them straight. Like, okay, kill the demon. That's how it happened. His eyes popped out. <laughs> <The whole thing. laughs> but well, how did you go about it? Or did you, how did you do it? Well, uh, like you, I mean, we also read um, uh, uh, the uh, the stories, you know, and, and and they were boys, right? So they enjoyed, <laughs> and, and they enjoyed all this. Uh, part of the our nature is to fight, you know, to be uh, to see some excitement and and uh, you know fighting and all that, and it's kind of satisfied. It satisfies when we read Srimad Bhagavatam because. Krishna has so many creative ways in which he kills his demons. He's not just killing them; it's creative, isn't it? And and but there's some parts where people with uh, some parents they ask me, you know, it's it's too much, it's gruesome, you know. How can you? How can I tell my children? But not not if Krishna is killing, you know. Yeah. You see, because when Krishna is killing, we it's meant for good. All his devotees, you know, when he asks Arjuna to kill. It's meant for a higher purpose. Is to root out another val, some other violence that's happening, right? So there's a, a a moral purpose behind this violence, and it's very different compared to the violence that we see today. Prabhupada explains that because it's it's just meant for our own sense gratification, and there's no sensible reason why people are killing each other, right? In today's world, but this has a purpose and a meaning. So what my take on this is that we children do not get violent as a result of reading these stories. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I have a kind of a different question, slightly off topic, but I think it's, I don't know why I thought of it now, but um, I was talking to a friend's wife and she was with a, um, a sannyasi had come to visit them and he was saying, he was kind of saying, oh, you know, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, it says the wife and the children are like rogues and th- and thieves that, you know, mm-hmm. take things. And and she was lamenting that, oh, I'm just taking care of children and I'm not able to chant my rounds. I'm not able to preach. I'm not able to go to the temple as much as I would like. And I feel like I'm not going to go back to Godhead at the end of this life. And I was trying to convince her that like, you're doing the best thing that you could be doing raising children because it's like mm-hmm. the next generation of devotees. Mm-hmm. So what would you, has anyone ever come to you or have you ever come across this? Or what would you say to someone who said to you, hey, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, it says, you know, the wife and the children are are like, uh, you know, rogues and thieves that steal away, you know, your time and energy and all that stuff. And uh, you don't have as much time for Krishna consciousness or, you know, and and mothers may feel this, may, mm-hmm. may feel guilt being initiated and not be able to chant or things like that. So what would you say to that? <clears throat> well, it, 
if we read uh, statements like that <coughs> without context and in isolation, then yes, we get a very narrow picture of uh, what is being said. The the what the reason these statements are there is because it's depicting a grihamedi life, you know, where everybody in the family is living for their own um, selfish reason, and and that can that is the problem, and so they become very is for me me and mine you know that uh, that idea and so it's true <laughs> i mean it's true whatever the bhagavatam says is actually true this is how you can see it in society you know there's so much problem social problems and divorce and you know uh, so it's not like it's not a fact right but there's so many wonderful examples of devote uh, good krishna conscious families god conscious families who are not, definitely not like that. So Bhagavatam is taught in contrast. That's why we have to see the total picture, you know, like, okay, this description, statements like this, but then there is such good examples of good grahastas, ideal grahastas in, in the Bhagavatam. You know, uh, yeah. Did you, did you ever feel that you wanted to pursue any kind of career or anything like that? Because um, I know devotees nowadays, you know, they they have certain needs for a career also, the late, especially yeah. the women. They want to have their career, but they also want to have children and raise their children as well. So there's there's kind of a, I mean, I would say that you had an amazing, more than, I mean, being a mother is more than a career. It's like a, it's like a full-time job times 10 to, mm -hmm. to raise children and do all that. So um yeah, what's your experience with that? Well, I I was very much. Uh, um, I mean, I, I I like I said, I, I was already I was working the first four years yeah. uh, before my children came. But once they came, I I didn't want to go back to work. It's because by then I had become a devotee, and I realized how wonderful how I can use my training, my previous knowledge and training in raising children, and. And Prabhupada's instructions on how important uh, child ra uh, raising is, uh, when he says that it's more uh, taking care of children is more important than he said deity worship. You know, yeah. we should worship them like we worship deities, and take care of them like we take care of deities. <clears throat> so that really resonated in my heart, and I was thinking, no, oh, I, I I'm gonna just leave everything. So I quit everything, but I see there's maybe some needs, economic needs. Uh, where both yeah. the parents may have to work, you know. Right. Yeah. But uh, in terms of our own, um, you know, how we are denied so much of free time when we are, especially in homeschooling, we, we you know, all our time is taken in trying in raising our children, and but all that pays off, you know, when we see such nice children coming up, and and I, I remember that I I had certain desires as well you know, my own personal desires of doing things. But I found myself uh, getting satisfied through this process of uh, taking care of them. Like I wanted to read Srimad Bhagavatam and sh books, uh, sh Shastak books. I, I was able to do it because I had to teach them. So I, and I remember when I was teaching them, I had the same experience that I would be sitting in an adult group. You know, <laughs> like I didn't feel anything. Like I felt so much, uh, yeah rejuvenated yeah 
And then um, coming back to the books, this Srimad Bhagavatam for the comprehensive young guide, sorry, guide for young readers. How did that idea come about? Well, uh, because when I, I was doing, when I was doing seminars, people would, uh, devotees would ask me and tell me that, well, I love this, but I, I really don't, I, I don't have the courage to do this. I don't know how I'd go about it. What are the discussion questions? How do you discuss? What, what mm -hmm. question do you ask? So they were asking me questions like that. And, and I thought, well, why, why don't I see if I can put together some materials for them? Uh, and then I started an online group uh, where uh, I invited qualified uh, devotees to come and create resources for the book, for every chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, uh, and, and they were, I found some who were happy to, were really um, happy to do this and, and, uh, and, got in, uh, and, and got involved in this. So we had, it's, it's a teamwork. Uh, Namdas Prabhu is not my work. It's, it's just, I have a wonderful team of, of devotees who are contributing such a dedicated way, so many nice resources. You know, and uh, I have a wonderful editor in uh, in um, Portugal, and I have you know a wonderful layout person in Alachua, Raghu, and so we have such a really amazing team. And every week we we make resources for one chapter, one week. It, it takes about a week for us to do one chapter. So how many books are there so far? Uh, in the stream, I mean, you're going canto to canto. So, how many cantos have you done so far? Five. So, like the screen shows, five cantos. We are now working on the sixth canto. So, the wow. fifth canto is is out. It's all they are all available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna put the link. If you're listening to this, we're gonna put the link in the comments on Facebook and YouTube, um, also in the description, uh, where you can get these books if you are a uh, parent. And you want your um, children to learn from Srimad Bhagavatam. So, uh, so who can use this book? Like, what age uh, and uh, how do they ex use it exactly? So, I know you said something about questions and th discussion points. Is that how yes. it goes? So, the, this book um, is the Canto One is uh, it starts with the younger kids, and younger means between seven to twelve for Canto One. Mm -hmm. And then Canto 2, um, it becomes a little harder. So like that, but still the age group would be, again, seven uh, years old, seven to eight years old, all the way till, um, and then in the third Canto, fourth Canto, fifth Canto becomes harder. So uh, it's more for older kids between 10 to 16, like okay. that. Yeah. There are many actually parents who are using it for their own study because we have so many okay. wonderful uh, activities there and key themes there, uh, uh, which helps to uh, explain the essential points in the chapter. And we have activities such as introspective activities, analogy activities, critical thinking, theater, action okay. activities, many uh, such poems, uh, English activities, art projects. So there's many activities per, ch per chapter, but the idea is you would use what you want to. You don't have to do every activity. Right. And then, yeah, and move on. And it begins with a summary of the chapter, and then we have a list of questions. We call it the higher thinking questions. And this, uh, these are the discussion questions. Um, 
but one is not limited to just these questions. One come up with many more. Right. Their own. And it says here that the, there's different schools using these mm -hmm. books already um, for their own curriculums, I guess, right? Yes. They, she was, these books are, are part of a daily curriculum in the Mayapur International School as well as in the Bhaktivedanta Gurukul in Vindavan. Wow. Where they're teaching the uh, the the prime uh, the middle school the middle school yes and the primary school right yes. and and all these links uh, you know Amazon how to order the books if you're in India there's a YouTube channel and a Facebook page I'm going to link all these in the description and in the comments uh, when this episode airs um, but this is really you know, really amazing. I definitely have to get my hands on these books. Um, what would you say to someone who says, okay, this is, uh, this is Aruda Mataji's experience as being a homeschooling person. And um, do, do we have to necessarily replicate that experience or, or are we going to have our own experience in the sense of it's scary to have your own experience because you don't know how it's going to go. So what would you say to someone who want, maybe feels like, okay, maybe homeschooling is an option, but also not so sure about it? Now uh, there's many, many families within ISKCON who are homeschoolers and they come from all different backgrounds, both American and Indian. So uh, this shows that I know in Boise, we had a family with five children uh, an American family with five children across the street, and and she was she had not even finished high school, and she she uh, she did such did such a great job homeschooling her children. Her son, uh, the oldest one, also went to college at the age of two, thirteen or fourteen. Uh, you know, so I know that uh, I traveling all over, all over the world and meeting people. I know it has worked for people of for devotees of different backgrounds. And, and everybody, the idea is that you adapt it according to your needs and to what uh, is, is best for you. In other words, this is not a hard and fast uh, way. You know, one can always work it out the way it works best for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, when you said, you know, there's other people from Boise who did it, I met a number of devotees, families who have done it. Just recently at New York Rathiatra, I met a family of a young girl. She, I forget her name, my, my apology, I forget her name, but she went to, she was going to university and she was like 16 or 17. Um, they're from Texas and they, I mean, they live in Texas now, but they used to be in uh, uh, Boise, but amazing. You know, she's like going to, I think she's going to be doing her master's soon or something like that. And I was, and I was just thinking, well, this is your influence of, of helping these devotees do this homeschooling thing. And, you know, they're, if they have the interest then to kind of help them move forward and go to college and do all the things that, you know, the, you know these uh, these amazing higher education. Um, you know the idea is not to uh, encourage devotees that you have to send your children early. Yeah, that's yeah. not the idea. It, right. Like I said, for for me, it just happened by chance. I yeah. I wasn't planning to do anything like that, and and it just worked out. Um, it just gave me that faith. Yeah. After that, and right after that, I started doing the seminars because it gave me the faith of how much is there for yeah. us. You know. 
in doing the seminars, what were some themes that you saw? Like, what are some common challenges that parents just let's just talk about parenting mm -hmm. in general. What are some challenges parents, not Krishna conscious devotee parents face nowadays? Like that, that they come to you and like, hey, you're you're seeing a theme now with so many people asking about the same thing, perhaps. Yeah, the one of the challenges that they're facing is that uh, they may be in isolation, you know, the only family or a few families uh, in that city, uh, in that uh, temple community, who are homeschooling. So they're always uh, looking for more association for their children, uh, and that that is one challenge that I repeatedly face. That you know, especially if they have only one child, it becomes very, very challenging yeah. uh, for them. So uh, raising an only child and still wanting to homeschool could be more challenging for homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of, I think, the biggest challenge that they face. And also the commitment that it requires, uh, you know, for children's, uh, taking responsibility for children's education. Uh, personally, I didn't think it was, uh, you know, that difficult because uh, it just, uh, it wasn't, I mean, it, it, I wasn't really uh, worried so much about it. It just happened. In other words, the results come as you follow this process, this wonderful process that Prabhupada gave, uh, which is really a, a full process, you know, of taking care of the academic needs, the needs, the spiritual needs, practical needs. Then it, the results come on its, they come. You know, so but I think it's more the, the it's very no people do get nervous about the, the whole concept of homeschooling. Yeah, do. that's something uh, I'm personally thinking about in the sense of the isolation thing. I mean, we have mm -hmm. two children, we have one on the way as well. So we're also thinking about where do we want to kind of make our roots? Uh, because uh, where we are at the moment, there aren't as many young parents with young children and I would like them to have other children to be with and other um, and myself and my wife to have other parents to uh, associate with so that's something but but hearing your story is really interesting because you were at a place where there was nobody mm -hmm. or you didn't have anyone there so you had to kind of create your own association and that's very inspiring because it's not always you don't always get the ideal situation you have to kind of like make the best out of your yes. situation right yeah. if, if you're near a temple it's a lot easier uh, somewhere yeah. closer but if you're not then one can do a little center you know this way the naturally the association will be there and is to engage the children in so many devotional activities and mm -hmm. that keeps uh, you know the excitement going uh because we just kept we were on the go like doing so many things out there so wow. there was never a day which was dull for them you know we even did prison programs and we were everywhere you know <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way and, and and children need that they need a challenge and they need excitement so mm -hmm. it was never like the same thing there was always some spontaneity and newness so if you make it uh, exciting like that and not see homeschooling as a as a drudgery as a chore okay homeschooling doesn't mean children's education doesn't mean sitting behind a desk for six hours a day yes that's not education you know yeah <laughs> education a lot of the education is going on outside you know? yeah i i love that 
I love that you said that. It's not about sitting behind the desk. It's a lot about spontaneously doing things and going places. That's uh, that creates like a well-rounded kid. You know, they've experienced a lot, and and when they look back on their childhood, they said, "Oh yeah, we did all these different things." Even though we were homeschooled, I mean, there's a lot of myths regarding homeschooling, misconceptions regarding homeschooling. Mm -hmm. I think, Um, and that required you you to to I, I to make plans and you know you know use your mind to kind of figure out where are these interesting places I can take them or interesting things we can do uh, on another point I wanted to make was that it's not about stopping the things you're interested in but it's actually like bringing bringing the kids along with you like if you want to do something if you want to go somewhere if you want to travel you know bring them along and that's kind of helping them to also have that same experience that you want to have as a parent, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, for example, you like book distribution. Well, go all together. Right. It's so much fun, you know? Right. And when you see their faces and their excitement when they give a book, it's just like they've accomplished, you know, conquered an empire or something. They're so excited. So whatever ambitions I had, you know, I also wanted to distribute books because it was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So I never done it. And so we all got a chance. So I, you're right. I don't think it stops anybody from doing anything. Yeah. No. Um, when it comes to other principles of just parenting in general, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. doing these seminars, besides the home morning program, I mean, this is not just for homeschooling, just for like parenting in, mm-hmm. in general, like mm-hmm. people who even send their kids to public school, et cetera. What are, th- are some other principles that you can share with us besides home, the morning program? What are yes. other things that we can kind of inject into the, into the life of, the, of a of child? Yeah. Well, just the basic things that Prabhupada encouraged uh, us as adults also. You know, morning program, um, good association, uh, prasadam, you know, trying to avoid non-prasadam foods, uh, deity worship. So and the, and some of the things that he said we should avoid. So just keeping that in the do's and the don'ts. And what are the things we already talked about? Television and limiting internet. So if we take care of this, then um, and there are the similar things for adults, right? Mm-hmm. So we should we have to think like that. For children, it's the same, really. It's very very important, actually, even more important for children because they are very impressionable. You know, whichever, whoever you put before them, with role models you put, this is what they want to become. Especially the early years are very, very crucial in their life because the first impressions are being made. And whatever role models they have, this is what, how they're going to grow up. And even later on, even they may get distracted, but they will come back, you see, because mm-hmm. of the early impressions that they've had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think as a parent, it also puts a magnifying glass on your own life, the way you want you're living your own life. If you want your children to be devotees, you have to act like a devotee yourself because you're gonna be the example for, for them. Yes. They're gonna be watching your every move, right? Yes. But we don't need to be perfect. You right. know, we don't have to worry about that. A lot of parents do get worried about that. Well, I am not a good devotee, I don't do this and I don't so, and they think, okay, well, homeschooling is not for me because I'm not such a good devotee. But we also grow with them, you see? Mm. And, and children don't need to see, see 
perfection, that we are perfect. We are on the path of perfection, but we are not perfect. It's actually good for them, healthy for them to see how we are all trying to be there, you know, trying mm-hmm. to uh, grow in spiritually and grow in Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we used to have Bhagavatam discussion, we would sit and discuss. Many times I would talk about my mistakes and what I've done, you know, that I fouled up. And we talk about it in light of Shastra, mm-hmm. you know. So that's healthy. Yeah. You're not trying to give them an image of, you know, that how we are really perfect. But yes, we are the authority. And so therefore, there has to be a certain amount of respect and, and learning, you know, from mm-hmm. that. But yeah. Um, so your children, they kind of went on their own quite early in one sense, in the sense of going to college and then off to other places. What did you do after kind of they they left the nest so to say what um, how did you use your time i mean that you still had your temple and you're still there at at the moment yes, right yes i i did feel i i, I lost something very valuable oh my I goodness i mean it's like those are my best years when actually i was homeschooling i i didn't wow. realize how much i was going to miss it wow uh, just yeah see that that's a little encouragement for those who are thinking to homeschool because it's one of the sweetest things it could be challenging, but the rewards are so big, so wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I I became active in my preaching, you know, because I got more opportunities and traveling, preaching, you know, seminars and writing. So these took uh, precedence because now I was done with homeschooling, you know, and my temple, of course, and the activities and services. So yeah, uh, it, it was... Uh, you know, um, it, my life became richer. Mm-hmm. I can say that. I gained so much. I would say I gained more than them. <laughs> you, you, and you. I understand you have grandchildren also. Yes, right? yes, yes. And, and could you tell us a little bit about uh, how they're, are they also going to be homeschooled and, and like that? Sure enough. They both want to homeschool. Both the families, uh, they want to homeschool. And they didn't think twice about it because <laughs> amazing. I, I'm really looking forward to see how that how they turn out in the sense of like it's like you know the boiling the milk even more and more and more and more as the generations go on. It's really fascinating, really amazing, um, really amazing. Yeah. What, you, see, yeah. you think you're gonna create a replica? It never happens like that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 They're their own personalities. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the uh, how how big is the community there in in Idaho in Boise? Uh, well, it's growing and uh, it's uh, it's it's a small temple and uh, I would say about there's a there's a community that lives around the temple so that's really nice and okay. they come for services and I would say about fifty devotees fifty families rather. Oh wow! Yeah, so. And they all and they all came from your husband and your preaching. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, now they're making more and more uh, new newer devotees. So it, that's really nice. It goes on, yes. yes. Wow. And uh, tell us a little bit about any of your future plans that you have. I know you're working on Six Canto now. You got all the way up to, you know, uh, the rest of the Srimad Bhagavatam. But any other aspirations or any projects you're working on for the future? Yes, I, I enjoy traveling and preaching is one of my really close to my heart. So 
I every I, I do travel. Uh, uh, just recently, I went to the Middle East and I gave a few seminars there. This year, I plan to go to South Africa and Mauritius. So I try to do as you know, uh, spread out this message uh, to to parents and give them the confidence that uh, how we can we can raise Krishna conscious children. Mm-hmm. And and encourage them to study Bhagavatam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and and this is all in the context of uh, homeschooling uh, and bringing up Krishna conscious children. That's you, devotees yes. call you to to take give seminars and things. Yes, yes, that's the idea. Wow. And mm-hmm. it yes. Is your husband is your husband retired now? Is yes, he's retired and he's mostly in Boise, uh, but he does travel to uh, you know between Boise and India. Mm-hmm. And and preachers, so we both are pretty much doing the same thing. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was um, it was really nice speaking with you, and um, I'm really in awe of you and and all that you've done, and very inspired. And I feel like there might be some hope for us, uh, having resources like yourself and devotees like yourself to to lean on, and also to um, all the amazing books that you've written uh, to use those books for our own Krishna consciousness and raising our own children. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, I hope we can bring you on again. Maybe, uh, you know, my wife is really good uh, also with um, engaging children and things like that, but I think it'd be a really amazing discussion to have her on as well. And maybe Radhika Raman Prabhu also for really, in, really fun, but uh if you want to get in touch with uh, Aruda Mataji, she uh, I have her email here. Uh, it's a uh, for the audio listeners. It's a r u d d h a one o eight at yahoo.com. You can get in contact with her there. Also, all the books that we've just been discussing are on Amazon. Uh, I will put the link in the in the description and also in the comments when this airs. Um, Aruda Mataji, thank you again for joining me. It was really fantastic speaking with you, getting to know you, and uh, hope to meet you sometime soon and get your association so we can get some more inspiration in, in raising our children in a, in a very Krishna-conscious way. Thank you very much, Ramras. I enjoyed this interview with you. It was so wonderful. Thank you so much. So, um, Hare Krishna, thank you everyone for listening. Please, uh, Aruda Mataji, please stay on. I'm just going to turn off the recording. Hare Krishna. Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare.